0: Hi, everyone. This is Dr. Ranjadani with the Physiatry Podcast. Today's episode is about CRPS. But first, for some simple housekeeping, if you have any questions, please send me an email at info at painlessnx.com. I'd love to have your topic on the show. I have lots of different things to talk about, but I'd love to talk about whatever you'd like. I will do some research and then get back to you and put it on the show. Today's topic is complex regional pain syndrome. This is podcast number four of season number two. Sometimes people ask, what is the most difficult condition that you treat? Pain in general is very difficult to treat. We oftentimes can only get things 30% better. And then we consider that a success. It's sort of like being a good batter in baseball. If you bat 300, then you've done well. If you bat 150, you suck. You're only 15 or 30% successful in either case. And 30% is double 15%, but they both suck when you think about 100%. In any case, could you imagine that in managing the heart? If we could only get 30% of people's blood pressure better by 30%, would we be considered good at managing blood pressure? Or could you imagine that in treating bacterial disease, if the antibiotic only killed 30% of the bacteria? Ugh, that's enough. any case, CRPS, or Complex Regional Pain Syndrome, is the perfect description of this phenomenon. We have patients that are completely disabled and can only get them better a certain percent. But if you could get these people 30% better and give them 30% more function, wow, that's an achievement. CRPS was known at one point as reflex sympathetic dystrophy. And when scientists keep changing the name of a particular disease, it's likely that we don't know enough about it. And that's why we keep changing the name because we keep discovering new things. So what is CRPS? It is a nerve-like pain syndrome in a limb, most likely a limb, but sometimes can be other parts of the body, and this is really not well-defined in the literature. In any case, it's usually an arm or a leg. This develops usually due to a nerve injury or a seemingly mild injury compared to the subsequent pain syndrome. So the pain is usually much more than what you would think it should be. Now let's talk about the history of CRPS to get the whole picture of this rare syndrome. CRPS was first described during the 1500s by Dr. Ambroise Paré. I don't know if I'm saying that right, and I'm sorry to Dr. Pare, but he's long dead. In any case, who is considered the father of modern? Surgery, He performed a limb phlebotomy on French king Charles IX, which cured the king of the disease, cured in quotes. Perret also found what's known as phantom limb syndrome, which is similar in many ways to CRPS. What's interesting about this, Dr. Perret lived well into his 80s, and it is thought that because of his good curing of the king of the disease, he lived to his 80s, when normally people lived much Less than that at that time. In fact, the king died at the age of 23 from TB. The first written documentation of CRPS was done in den was done by Dr. Denmark, a British surgeon that worked in the Royal Navy Hospital. A soldier was injured by a bullet in his upper arm, and even though the arm healed, the patient continued to have a burning and persistent pain in the arm that did not resolve. Causalgia. then described by Dr. Silas Air Mitchell during the American Civil War. In 1864, he published, along with Dr. George Morehouse and Dr. William Keene, about gunshots and other injuries. The description given by the author is characteristic of what we now call CRPS. So this is a quote from their book. (laughs) The skin affected in these cases was deep red or mottled, and red and pale in patches. The subcuticular tissues were nearly all shrunken, and where the palm alone was attacked, the part was so diseased, seemed to be a little depressed, firmer and less elastic than common. In the fingers... There were often cracks in the altered skin, and the integuments presented the appearance of being slightly drawn over the sub-adjacent tissues. The t- surface of all the effective parts was glossy and shiny, as though it had been skillfully vanished. Nothing more curious than these red and shining tissues can be conceived of. In most of them, the part was devoid of wrinkles and perfectly free from hair. That's the end of the quote. This was then described as causalgia in 1872 in a book called Nerves of Injuries of Nerves and Their Consequences. In 1900, Dr. Paul Sudeck, another famous surgeon, described acute inflammatory bone atrophy, describing results of his experiments of people who underwent x-ray. He described conditions of acute inflammation followed by reduction of radiodensity of bone. This was then called Sudeck's atrophy, which is still a term used. At times to describe symptoms of CRPS. Dr. Rene LaRiche, I think I'm saying that right, a military surgeon in World War I, then described the role of the sympathetic nervous system, which is also known as the flight and fight system in CRPS. He then did the first known periarterial, this is around the artery sympathectomy on a patient. That means they got rid of the sympathetic nerves on a patient who had a gunshot wound to the arm with no signs of compromise of the blood vessels. In in 1946, the term RSD was then coined RSD is known as reflex sympathetic dystrophy. This was coined by Dr. James Evans, a physician at the Leahy clinic in Burlington, Massachusetts. He described this intense pain that appeared after fractures, sprains, vascular complications, amputation, arthritis or lacerations, or even minor injuries, including contusions or postural deficits of the foot. He also described many of the symptoms that would be resolved with the sympathetic block. The thought process from this was that the sympathetic nervous system caused the arteries to spasm, then caused the effects to happen downstream in the arms or legs of the patient, so there's a lack of blood flow causing the problem. Subsequently, an in 1953, Dr. John Bonica, or Bonica, proposed the stages of CRPS in his book The Management of Pain. Dr. Bonica is one of the fathers of pain medicine and the foundation of the International Association for the Study of Pain. He should be credited to change the name to CRPX, again, Complex Regional Pain Syndrome. Finally, in 1993, the consensus conference, which established that CRPS could be diagnosed with the following conditions number one, a noxious event or immobilization. Number two, allodynia, also known as like hypersensitive skin or more pain. Than the proportion of the preventing or precipitating event that can also be known as hyperalgesia or excess sensation in an area edema or changes in the skin blood flow or abnormal what they call pseudomotor activity and number four the diagnosis is not related to another disease the 1993 conference also separated crps into two types of conditions one which is crps type 2 which is actually known as causalgia as well this is in relation to a nerve injury and CRPS type 1, which was previously known as RSD, which is not related to a nerve and related to some sort of injury. Since then, these criteria have been further isolated into the Budapest criteria, which is used in many different things, including workers' comp evaluations and all that for CRPS in order to define CRPS. So this takes the previous established criteria and makes it even more specific. Now we know about 70 to 90% of the time how accurate the patient is or how much the chances that the patient actually has CRPS. So CRPS can also be further identified with bone scans showing increased uptake in the bone scan, but these are not included in the Budapest criteria. So, that is the history of CRPS. It is complex. Yes, also known as complex regional pain syndrome, but it is complex. So, what does that mean? We really haven't gotten much farther into diagnosing CRPS since 1993. We really don't know what causes it and who gets CRPS. That being said, many people have injuries or have surgery to an extremity. Only a few develop CRPS. So, Don't be scared if you're having surgery to your shoulder your arm or something like that, that you're going to develop develop CRPS. It is not very common. There are only 200,000 cases in the United States in a year. Now we don't know who develops CRPS, but we know a few things. Some medications, including anesthesia, particularly ketamine, can prevent CRPS from developing. Gabapentin prior to surgery and post-surgery can also prevent CRPS in patients. But why these medications work, we really still don't know perfectly. That being said. Many case reports state that patients with CRPS have anxiety. But when looking at cohorts, meaning larger groups of people with CRPS compared to other groups, anxiety does not seem to be a large part of these groups. Pain-related fear anxiety, and disability usually do cause poorer outcomes in CRPS, which means patients with these conditions can actually be worse off with CRPS, but patients with anxiety are not more common in CRPS than other people, or normal people, if you may, people without CRPS. Now, this may be the reason why these people end up in the pain management clinic and therefore My bias, as well as many other pain management doctors' biases, are that these patients have anxiety or other mental health conditions. The one thing that is more common with CRPS patients is depression. But is it the chicken or the egg that came first? We don't know. Did the depression trigger the CRPS or the CRPS trigger the depression? Who knows. One of the things that was found in patients with CRPS is something called neglect-like symptoms, where patients had issues identifying their left or right limbs. That doesn't mean that, oh, I look at my right limb and I can't tell what it is, but they have more issues with identifying their limb compared to normal people. And this is similar to patients with phantom limb syndrome. What phantom limb syndrome is, is sort of the same idea where patients have increased pain in a limb that has been cut off. This is the same idea with that. So an amputation can cause pain. The same idea can kind of happen with CRPS where patients have more difficulty identifying that this is their right, this is their left. But at the same time, it is sort of a neglect. They sort of don't want to identify their limb as their limb. Okay, so someone has CRPS. What do we do to treat it? The earlier it is treated, the better the outcomes are. Again, the earlier it is treated, the better the outcomes are. One of the thought process behind this is that the brain has a recycling mechanism for pain. And what happens is that when pain is seen in the brain, seen in quotes, of course, then the pain can't be unseen by the brain unless if something is done to break the cycle. So if you have CRPS, get to a pain management clinic ASAP. Here is how we usually treat this condition. We can treat these patients pretty quickly with medications, and it usually works pretty well if we get them in time. So we can treat them with steroids, gabapentin or pregabalin. We can treat them with antidepressants or opioids, and these things can really help patients with CRPS. The other things that can be done are physical therapy or occupational therapy, which can help with desensitization. This is where a limb in question is desensitized using different techniques, range of motion, strengthening after all that's done. And the therapists have many more treatments, which I'm not even covering. Stimulation can be done like spinal cord stimulation, intrathecal pain medications can be done. And one more thing can be done are nerve blocks and I've actually treated patients with early onset CRPS with nerve blocks and their CRPS has pretty much resolved. That being said, CRPS CRPS is usually not curable. It's treatable, and many people live a pretty productive life and don't even have many of the symptoms of CRPS, but it just comes back every once in a while. Some people continue to live with disability and cannot work and have long-term issues, including the depression that I mentioned. There are many other things that I haven't fully covered here, including newer treatments and potential candidates for the treatment, including ketamine infusions, CBD oil, lidocaine infusions, all sorts of blocks, etc. Besides all that, the key to CRPS is to have family support for the management of the disease and its psychological consequences. So that is a very, very quick overview of CRPS. I've pretty much covered everything that you would hear from a pain management doctor in a clinic over 5 minutes. But this was a 15-minute podcast. I hope you enjoyed this presentation of CRPS. Again, I am your host, Dr. Avinash Ramshadani. If you have any questions, please send me an email at info at painlessnx.com. There will be a new podcast coming out, also called Pandemics. And this is going to be a history of pandemics where I am going to go through all sorts of different pandemics, when they started, and their resolutions. This podcast will be coming out pretty soon. I hope you enjoyed this podcast on CRPS. This is the physiatry podcast. This is your host, Dr. Abhinash Ramshadani. Please send me an email at info at painlessnx.com. Again, that is info at Dot .com Thank you again and have a wonderful week I will see you again